Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Study Day Saturday, where we share adult Sunday school lessons from leadership churches that go in-depth on important topics of our faith. Keep in mind that this free version only includes a short preview of this lesson. To listen to the full version, use the links in the show notes to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Supercast.tech. Every dollar goes to supporting world evangelism. Enjoy today's study day Saturday. Good morning. Open your Bibles to Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 4. We have started a, a series on defending the rapture and we're looking at the issue of the rapture in the Bible and uh, we are going to be spending some weeks looking at various uh, assaults or attacks of false doctrine on the idea of a pre-tribulation rapture. We're going to examine them biblically and come to an understanding. So I want to get some scriptures if I could. If you would like to, to read, Steve, can you read 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 and 4, and then verse 8. Dennis is going to read 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Dwayne, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51 and 52. Uh, some more. Pete Walter, uh, Matthew 25, 11 through 13. Need some more uh, readers back there. Rich is going to read Matthew 7, 21, and uh, Gary Basham, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Uh, go ahead and get some more here. Others, uh, uh, Steve, <clears throat> if you can read John, or no, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. I think that's the uh, second time, if you'll keep track of that. Wayne, Matthew 24, 40. And uh, Stephen Hessenauer is going to read Revelations 4, verse 1. Okay, so <clears throat> any important Bible doctrine comes under attack because the devil doesn't want people to believe it. But it really does matter what you believe. Doctrine has consequences. And so we have laid a foundation for two weeks about this uh, issue of a uh, pre-tribulation Rapture, the removal, instant disappearance of true believers in Jesus Christ from off the earth to make way for uh, judgment. And uh, so, as we said, all we've done so far is just lay out that there are numbers of attacks. And then we spent in the last two weeks kind of laying a foundation for this idea of the rapture. So, Starting today, now, we're going to begin to look at a number of specifics. Some of these will do more than one in uh, one lesson, but we're going to give what people believe against the rapture, why they don't believe in it. We're going to see what the Bible says and come to correct biblical conclusions. And so uh, today we're going to talk about three different issues, the words, the participants, and the history of the rapture. Each of those are objections that we're going to examine. Let's get our main verse, 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 and verse 8. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, 
They will heap upon for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Number eight? Yes. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Okay, so this is our verse. It speaks about false doctrine and tells us in verse 8 that we should be loving or looking forward to the appearing of Jesus Christ. Okay, first point, we're going to look at two uh, objections to the rapture. We're going to talk about words and participants. So we're going to start with the, in essence, the most ridiculous uh, objection to the rapture and the easiest to uh, to uh, dispense with. And so here is an objection that you may hear people say is they will tell you nowhere in the Bible is the word rapture found. You can't believe in the rapture. How can you talk about the rapture? Because when I look at the Bible in English, you don't even find that word in the Bible. And of course, that is true. But that is actually a, a, quite a ridiculous uh, argument. So, the simple issue is this. The Bible wasn't written in English. If it was written in English, then you would have an argument. If you didn't find the word rapture, the Bible was not written in English. Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek. And uh, so, to object to not finding an English word when the Bible wasn't written in English in the first place is, is a, a bit ridiculous. For that matter, did you know the word Bible isn't found in the Bible? <laughs> so, shall we throw away the Bible? But, of course, we uh, understand that that would be foolish. We have no problem referring to Scripture as the Bible. First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. This is the absolute centerpiece of the idea of the rapture. First Thessalonians, go ahead, read that. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Okay, this scripture is the foundation of the rapture. If you look there, it's true. You don't find the word rapture in English. But it wasn't written in English. You understand that in the uh, Bible, some of the early translations, it was written in Greek. Some of the first translations of the Bible, it didn't go from Greek to English immediately. It first went Greek to Latin. And uh, this was uh, some of the early uh, translations. You find a phrase in there, in verse 17, caught up. We who are alive and remain. This is true believers who have not died. They're on earth. The Bible says they shall be caught up. In Latin, the first translation of the Bible out of English is... The noun for caught up is raptura. The verb is rapio. It, it is to seize or to snatch suddenly. It's to raise up from the ground or to take for oneself. So, of course, the word is not found rapture, but it is, it is describing the event 
And so we get our word rapture in Latin, that is that idea, to suddenly snatch and to lift up from the ground, raptura, rapio. And so therefore in English, we get our word rapture. So that, of course, is a, that's a foolish argument. Added to that is you will have people, they will say, does the Bible anywhere say the term pre-trib or pre-tribulation rapture? No, it does not. But on the other hand, it neither does it say post-trib, mid-trib, partial trib, uh, mediocre trib, any other trib. It's not in there. So that's, that is it. that's probably the most foolish argument uh, of all and is easily dispensed with. Second uh, argument against the rapture or a doctrine. Often these are doctrines that seek to change the essence of the, the rapture. And so here's an important one. I want you to think about this. There are people that say the rapture is only partial. Not every Christian, not every true believer in Jesus Christ gets rap, uh, raptured or taken away off the earth. And we're not talking about who's saved and not saved. That's not what they're saying. What they're saying is there are people who are believers, but they say participation in the rapture is not based on your salvation. It is conditional. And it is based on your deserving conduct. So in other words, God looks down. There are believers here. Said He says, you're all believers. You're all ultimately going to go to heaven. But he says, some of you are just not ready yet. So, all those who are ready, I'll take the ready ones, and the other ones, we got to work on you for a while. This is the idea, this is called partial rapture. And so, we, uh, to examine a false doctrine, you have to understand, why would they say that? Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. And the, the reason why is they take scriptures that speak about you should be watching and waiting. 
And so they're taking that idea and somehow coming up with the idea of only certain people come. Matthew 25, 11 through 13 is a, some verses they base this on. Go ahead and read that out. Afterward came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Okay, so Jesus tells uh, this parable. It's a story. It's a picture story. Uh, it's not a real story, but he's simply saying, this is how the kingdom works. He's talking about ten virgins. Built into the idea of rapture, we said in, in uh, John 14, is... Rapture is a wedding issue. This is talking, when I talk about the, the ten virgins, these were the ladies who were preparing. They were, in essence, the uh, bridesmaids in, a, in an ancient wedding. And they, in, in an ancient wedding, they didn't have a set date. They didn't say on March 24 and send out invitations. Remember, John 14, in my father's house are many mansions. I'm going away to prepare a place. That was how a wedding worked. You got engaged. I'll go work on the house where we're going to live. And whenever it's done, I'll come back and get you. That's John 14. Matthew 25 is picking up that same picture. It was expected that the bride and her bridesmaids would be ready at any time. If he finished it in the evening, they would immediately come in the evening and say the wedding is now. They didn't set it a convenient time in that way. So that's the background. Matthew 25 tells about 10, and it calls them virgins. We could say in better terms to understand it, bridesmaids. 10 bridesmaids, it's their job. If you're in there, the point is not that you all chose the same color dress. That was not the point. You had to be ready at a certain time and, and uh, uh, fulfill uh, your duties. And so in this parable, he says, five were wise, they were ready at all times. And the issue here is if he comes at night, you had to have a lamp. There were no electric lights. So five of them made sure that they had oil for their lamps and five did not uh, have oil. So that is what's going on in this scripture. And if you know, then uh, if we read the, the, whole, uh, the whole verse, I think in verse 12, <clears throat> he says to five of them, I do not know you. Okay. Out of this parable and a, and a few other scriptures, the idea of partial rapture, they say, see, there were 10 only five went to the wedding, and so what they say is, that's what it's going to be like in the rapture. Anyone who is ready, God says, okay, you're raptured now. What's going to happen to the rest of them? Is, they don't, in their idea, it's not a matter that you're going to go to hell, is rather you go through the tribulation to help you get ready. This is the idea. And, and the idea of tribulation and rapture, they are absolutely connected. So, it's only partial. If you're ready, you go now. If you're not ready, you stay through the tribulation and the trouble is going to work on you 
and get you ready to meet God, then later on you can come and meet God. That doctrine is called partial rapture. Okay, so the question is, why is that false? Why is that a false doctrine? That is absolutely not true. And there are lots of reasons. Carol, give me one short. Uh, I think if that was the case, then Lot would have never come out of Sodom. Lot would have not come out of Sodom. Okay. In other words, it's not our righteousness. It's because God has saved us. Okay. Yeah, that could be, sis, over here. It would be based on works. Instead of? Salvation. Which is based on what? The blood of Jesus. Okay. All right. That's true. It actually is speaking against salvation as a whole. Robert Gill. Well, uh, Jesus said that I do not know you. So he didn't say, well, you stay here and I'll work on you or I'll come back later or whatever. He, he basically disowned him at that point. Yeah. And so that, that was the whole point is, uh, so, it, so let, let's, let's go through a number of these issues. So <clears throat> anytime someone uses a scripture and they say, I, ha- I believe differently And here's the scripture why. The very important issue is you look at what is the context, of course, what's going on around it. What was the point that the scripture was making? Is that the point? Is is Jesus in telling that parable, was he trying to say, only some of you will be ready now, some of you will be ready later? That is not the point that he's making at all. There are numbers of scriptures is... What he is saying in the kingdom, 10 said they were going to the wedding. How many of you want to be in the wedding? 10 of them said, I'm in. But only five acted like it. So the point that Jesus is making here and in many others is there are people who are, we would say, professors. They profess salvation. Yes, I'm a Christian, but the problem is they don't act like it in any way. And there comes a point in time when the master, the bridegroom, comes and says no. And and his answer here is not, wait around and trouble will get you after a bit of trouble. He says, I don't know you. You were all talk. You were not true believers. That's the point. Matthew 7, 21 brings out this idea. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father in heaven. Okay, now this is uh, uh, actually a lengthier passage. I only chose one verse out of it. Is Jesus says, this is the nature of the kingdom. There are people who say, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. But the, Jesus says here, the problem is, by their lifestyle, it is a total lie. All you're doing is mouthing. All you're doing is saying, yes, I go to church. You know the old saying, you can't live like a devil. And then somehow expect God uh, uh, to accept you. So, first of all, you, that's a false application of Scripture to say this is where partial rapture comes from. That was not the point at all. It actually was saying the difference between true and false believers. And therefore, I never knew you. There are people who miss out 
completely. So that's issue number one. It is a false application of, of Scripture. That's why it's not true. Then you have to look at the rapture, the disappearance of believers on the earth is connected in the Bible with what event? What do we call this event? What is the event called? No. Yeah. I mean, no, 1 Corinthians talks about this. What is it? Talks about people who have died. Our, our scripture in Thessalonians, remember this? Is people who have died and then people who are alive. The same event, what do we call this event? It's the resurrection. The resurrection. And so we uh, uh, spoke a little bit about this last week. So, if you have a partial rapture, rapture is, is the same event as the resurrection. So if you have a partial rapture, that means you have to have a partial resurrection. And that, that cannot be uh, uh, true. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Okay, I even helpfully underline. How many are going to be changed in the resurrection? Only those who are ready? That's not what he says. If you're a true believer, we shall all be changed. For us, physically, our physical bodies, instantly we are in the presence of God with resurrected bodies. That is, uh, that is for us. For those who have died, their spirit is already in heaven. Now is the reuniting in perfected, resurrected bodies. The Bible says we shall all be changed. Not some now, some later when you're finally ready. So that, uh, that, that goes against other scriptures that are connected. You can never take one verse and base a doctrine on that. That's not acceptable. You can't, you can't do that because, of course, there are other scriptures that talk about that. A partial rapture would also eliminate the need for the judgment seat of Christ. So the Bible speaks about us, an event after uh, we are raptured, after the resurrection, that we stand before God, and God judges us for our works. If people were not ready yet, so God lets you go through tribulation to make you ready, then you have already gone through judgment. That, that of course, is illogical. Is Now you're going to be judged on earth, and then you're going to be... That's, that's not... Uh, that's not logical. So, but a more important issue is a partial rapture actually creates what Catholics believe that creates purgatory. Somebody explain to me what purgatory is. Bear, our resident former Catholic. What is, what is purgatory? Bear, go ahead. Purgatory is, is supposed to be a special part of hell where you go temporarily to be punished, and then once your sins are burned off a little bit, yeah, then you go to heaven. That's right. Okay, so it's it's the it's the temporary waiting room, right? You're not ready. Go there, suffer for a little while, or your family can go to work and give money to the church, and that'll help out as well. But nonetheless, is you wait until you're ready. So this is exactly believers. They're not Catholics. They believe in a partial rapture, but what they're believing in is purgatory. In the same way, you're not ready, so what you do, the idea of purgatory is the fact that you 
or your relatives can fix your sin problem. Right? Either you suffer long enough or your family can say certain numbers of things, can give money, can do different things. So it's people are dealing with sin. So people who believe in a partial rapture, they're actually believing in the same idea of purgatory. You're not ready, but if you suffer enough, now you will become ready. So as some of you said then, the, the, the great problem with this idea of partial rapture, it is a denial of the finished work of Jesus Christ. If you believe any of these versions, we're going to get into people who believe that we go through the tribulation, they're, they're joined to this idea, is you are denying that the finished work of Jesus Christ is enough. Remember, Jesus is dying on the cross. He's pouring out his lifeblood. And his final words were, it is finished. He did not say it started unless you're bad and then you got to help me out. Not what he said. He said it's finished. We believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We don't need anything else besides the blood of Jesus Christ, that it is a, a finished work. So this is the question if you believe in partial rapture, and then we'll get into if you believe in pre-wrath, mid-trib, post-trib, any of these other versions. The question is, who saves you? Do you save yourself by your suffering, or does the blood of Jesus Christ and his suffering save you? Because it's not both. for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.